Welcome to Sports Beat Live Week 16 edition. The Chiefs prepare the host of Pittsburgh Steelers at Arrowhead Stadium. I am joined by my colleagues, Vahe Gregorian, taking a sip of coffee up there. How you doing, Vahe? It's a little Christmas coffee, Herbie. Sam McDowell joins us as well. Where's your coffee, Sam? You, wait a minute, you don't drink coffee. I've got, I've got the Gatorade here, Herbie. <laughs> you got the Gatorade, I've got the water. Hey, gentlemen, lots to unpack here as the Chiefs prepare to take on the Steelers. But we start with the storyline of the week, COVID-19. It's amazing that we started Tuesday with 13 players, 16 when counting the practice squad on the reserve COVID-19 list. Mike Remmers, uh, right tackle, was added Wednesday, but Remmers is currently on injured reserve, so he might not actually affect how the Chiefs prepare for this game. This is what Andy Reid said about the situation. You know, we've gone through this for two years now. So, um, you know, anything's possible and we get it. You know, we, we just go next man up and, and roll and hope those guys get better. I mean, it's, it's the same way on the other side with the fellas, Pete. They, they've got to stay prepared, too. Uh, they don't know when they'll test back in. And, um, and so they've got to be ready to go that way. So, so how did we get here? And, and to, to figure out how we got here, we have to go back to last week. December the 13th, that was a Monday, Josh Gordon landed on the list. On the 14th, defensive tackle Chris Jones landed on it. And then Willie Gay, Wednesday. The Chiefs played the L.A. Chargers last week without Gay, Gordon, and Chris Jones. And then practice squad wide receiver Garrett Dieter lands on it Friday. The big news on Monday, Travis Kelsey, Shaverius Warden, Harrison Butker. And then on Tuesday, wow, a whole list of players. Tyreek Hill, Lucas Nang, Nick Bolton, Rashad Fenton, Blake Bell, Kyle Long, Amani Watts. Practice squad members, Maurice Founder and Darius Harris, and we just talked about Mike Remmers. Gordon and Gay cleared the protocol. They were back on the practice field on Wednesday. But, Sam, obviously a lot of things are going on here. The NFL and the NFLPA had to adjust some of the protocols, which are different from the summer. So talk us through, walk us through, what are the adjusted protocols and how can the Chiefs get some of these players back for Sunday? I mean, technically, the, the, so the, the testing is different. Um, so a lot of these guys are getting tested because they have symptoms, at least mild symptoms, or um, they're close contacts, other people that have tested positive, but the players aren't being tested every day. So the fact that that falls in line with them getting a lot more guys on the list is, is certainly seems sort of backward, right? Um, I mean, obviously, this, this variant is going around in the world and we've seen that the NFL world mimics what's going out on in the real world. I mean, the real world is d- dealing with the Omicron variant and, and so are the Kansas city chiefs right now. So a, a player can come back if, if he tests negative, if he's asymptomatic. Um, and he also has to meet that, that cycle threshold number, which I think is 35 because the NFL's medical team has determined that that means you're, you're much less contagious and much less likely to pass it on to somebody else. Having said all that, we haven't really seen guys in the NFL come back with this new system yet. So the opportunity is there, but I don't think that there should be a lot of optimism um, that once a guy tests positive, that he's going to be testing. The big names, right, are, are Tyree Kill and Travis. Those guys just tested positive on Monday and Tuesday. So I, I, I think it, it's, it's a long shot to expect that those guys are going to be testing negative by Saturday and passing those other thresholds. Well, and on that same note, I know you asked the best question to Andy Reid yesterday, and I'm giving you some props here because I com- it completely flew over my head. The NFL showed last week that they were willing to 
a bunch of little from the summer where they said they were not going to move games. You asked Andy Reid, has he heard discussions? What did Andy say? He said he hasn't been part of any discussions about moving this game. Um, now, it's, it's relevant to mention that, you know, the Rams had over half of their roster on the COVID list last week. And it wasn't until they had their final nine placed on the list on Thursday before the NFL acted on Friday morning and said, we've got to move that game to Tuesday. By the way, the Raiders and Browns were supposed to play a game on Saturday, and they didn't hear until late in the week. So I don't think because we haven't heard anything about this game that that means nothing's going to happen with this game. I think they're waiting to see how the testing is going to go over the next couple of days to see if this virus is still, you know, running its way through the Chiefs locker room. And Vahe, this comes at a time when the Chiefs hold, currently hold the number one seed with three games to go. And, and you inked the column earlier in the week when the news broke of all these COVID positives uh, out of the Chiefs facility and, and the ramifications of it. Tell us, what are your thoughts on all this, please, especially with the playoffs looming? You know, one of the thoughts that struck me is that you remember those early days of COVID when you, you were trying to get your arms around how how far and wide this was going to be and like every day you realize you had no idea how far it was going to go. That was a little bit of how I felt. Now there is one, uh, sage guy on this call who, uh, on like March 13th was saying that, yeah, this is going to be like a year. That was Sam McDowell. He understood the ramifications. Um, and of course he was underselling it. Uh, <laughs> but I, I think that's what hit me was that we, we don't have any idea how this is going to continue to spread literally. And what, what, at what point it ebbs. And I think that's the real trick here. Anything we think about what's coming is completely subject to change hour to hour. Um, and it really does come at an odd time for the Chiefs, although I guess you like it better when you're uh, hot and holding the number one seed instead of, you know, struggling to get there. Um, but Sam McDowell, I think, also uh, asked this question yesterday regarding, you know, and maybe a few others too, Okay, this this week is problematic, and we don't know what what might be done to accommodate that this week. But is this going to be around for for weeks and weeks? And um, we we kind of can joke about this, but when Patrick Mahomes said yesterday that he doesn't think people should be in a bubble, I'm like, I don't know about anybody else, but Patrick Mahomes better be in a bubble. I hope he's bubble wrapped and in a hazmat suit, and you know, not going, you know, making every pass ten yards away and having the football washed off after each one. To me, the storyline is, does this affect the postseason? Um, especially for a, a team that wants to, you know, get back to an AFC championship for a fourth consecutive year, Super Bowl for a third consecutive year. How many Herbie are left on the COVID list with the two guys coming off? Active players, you know, you've got, what, 11, I think, active players? I think it's 11, right? Yeah. I mean, if you're missing 11 guys for a playoff game, obviously you're playing a good team in the playoffs. Um, whether it's at Arrowhead or not, I think suddenly – you know, you're looking at a team that could be, potentially become an underdog on its home field if you're missing Travis Kelsey and Tyree Kill and guys like that. I'm just using those guys as an example. You know, those guys should should be back plenty in time before the playoffs. But, you know, Patrick Mahomes is a great example. Um, you know, if a guy like Patrick Mahomes catches this in the postseason and it's a reminder what the Chiefs are going through that everybody is susceptible to getting this, vaccinated or not. And it is reminiscent of last year in that way before we had the vaccines. But last year, these guys were basically quarantining. They weren't making it, you know, any of their charity appearances. They weren't going out, and which was what prompted me to ask Patrick Mahomes that. And he did say, you know, we don't want anybody to live in a bubble. I think that at some point, 
if this continues to run its course like it has these past few days, they might have to rethink that strategy. Yeah, and I, I tend to agree with you because essentially they've put the media in a bubble now, right? I mean, we can no longer go downstairs infected with these new protocols after a game. Uh, no more in-person interviews. Uh, the media room at Arrowhead Stadium is closed. Uh, they're only allowing, what, 15 people out at practice. But uh, yesterday there was only three of us, <laughs> four of us. So the, the bubble is sort of happening with the media. They're trying to keep us away from the players. But, but Sam, you mentioned Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. So, gentlemen, let's look at the roster here. You know, if none of these guys are ready to go, let's start off with the wide receiver position. If Hill is out, they got Gordon back yesterday. What, what does that position group look like now, Vahe? I think it looks like a group that needs Josh Gordon to be fast forwarded. And, um, you know, all that talk we've heard about how uh, he really gets it. He's just, just uh, you know, been circumstantial that the ball hasn't come his way and all that stuff. I, I think uh, there'll be some force feeding. Um, I could be wrong. I mean, look, Hardman and DeMarcus are, are guys who have done, had big moments for the Chiefs. We shouldn't forget that. I think to some degree, those guys would get the ball a lot more on another team. Um, but there's reasons they haven't gotten the ball as much here. And it's obviously starting with Travis Kelsey and Tyree Kill, but also because I think that they have some some gaps in their games at times. I think that's the one thing that's really going to stand out to me is can those guys and Byron Pringle, who I really actually think is the most dependable of them all, um, can those guys step in without there being too much of a drop off? There is a possibility they can have big games, all, any one of those guys. And we have not seen it from Josh Gordon yet. But they're sure putting him on the field a fair amount for, for a, a guy who just hasn't gotten the ball that much. I do wonder if there's something bubbling up there from him that could be, uh, could be pretty intriguing. Yeah, when you, when you talk about the Chiefs wide receivers, you have to throw Travis Kelsey in the mix because he basically is a wide receiver. And obviously, you know, we, we, we think, right, Herbie, though, that, that Noah Gray is going to be that guy. That His snaps are going to increase. They do have Blake Bell, but he's more of a block or Noah Gray. They drafted him specifically because they liked his, his ability to get open in small spaces. Patrick Holmes has only played without Travis Kelsey once in his life. And it was the first ever start when Travis Kelsey back then was one of the starters who was resting in Denver and Patrick Holmes was the backup who was getting the week 17 start. Um, since then, all of Patrick Holmes games have included Travis Kelsey. He's played without Tyree Kill as a starter four times. And it was, remember when uh, Tyree Kill went down with the collarbone injury in Jacksonville, the Chiefs did go three and one in that. But at the back end of that, was that game against the Colts that they really struggled because teams started playing man-to-man against them because they thought, hey, Tyreek Hill is the Kansas City Chiefs man-to-man beater. If they don't have him, they didn't. there was not a lot of confidence that other guys on that team could beat man-to-man. And so for a season, we talked about the Chiefs against man-to-man the same way we're talking about the Chiefs now against this two-deep shell defense, which brings me to the point that I wonder if the Steelers are going to play two-deep shell defense if Tyreek Hill's not there. It's the whole point of that defense. And does this allow the Steelers to be more creative? Now, the Steelers have a complex defense as is. But does this allow them to be even more creative? And suddenly, Patrick Mahomes, his study has to expand greatly this week compared to maybe what it's been the past few weeks. The one constant trust factor for Mahomes has always been Travis Kelsey. And then, you know, Sam, you mentioned that if Kelsey and Bell are out, they got two tight ends on the practice squad. But obviously, you're not going to have a lot of trust with them like you would with Kelsey. Now, offensive line, I think it should be covered here. You know, with Lucas Nang and and Kyle Long, Kyle Long has been healthy and active for three straight games. It's probably going to be Andrew Wiley. But let's let's jump to the linebackers. 
You know, Gay came back, but Bolton, their leading tackler, uh, is still on the COVID list. How do the Chiefs compensate without Nick Bolton, Vahe? You guys have the next man up better at your disposal than I do right now. But I, I, I think to myself that what they really miss with Nick Bolton is one of those presences that has made them go from a bad, a really poor tackling team to a team that tackles pretty well. So I think that's going to be critical how that how that works out. But I feel embarrassed, but I don't I don't have the depth chart in front of me and I don't exactly know what they're thinking. <laughs> I mean, I, I think it'll be familiar names. I, you know, just move around a couple of guys that we've seen all season. I, I suppose it means some uh, some more Ben Neiman moments. More Ben Neiman, Sam? The, the Chiefs kind of played this way last week, except for, you know, instead of Bolton, it was Willie Gay out. Um, so I, I think they do have a blueprint for that. Now, Willie Gay and Nick Bolton have different strengths. Um, but I, I think they're at a point to where they're going to have to play some guys in some packages that um, they're not accustomed to playing those packages. Now, they, they, of course, get reps in practice doing that. They watch film. They're, they're just supposed to be thinking because they're taught to, hey, you might have to play this spot. Um, but I think more than anything, you know, we've seen that linebacker group rotate its snaps this year, I think more than any other personnel grouping. And that's probably what's going to be changing is I just think they're going to, you know, Hitchens gonna, is going to have to play a higher percentage of snaps. Willie Gay's going to have to play a higher percentage of snaps. And yeah, Ben Neiman's probably going to be in some base packages, which he has not been in base defense this year. Yeah, that's, that's a phenomenal point. Of course, you have Dorian O'Daniel, but he's mostly a special teams guy. And let's not forget Darius Harris, who they elevated last week from the practice squad, is also on the reserve COVID list. We forgot defensive line, Chris Jones. I think his absence last week was clearly evident by the Chargers' ability to gash the Chiefs' defense up the middle uh, You know, with the running game. They, they totaled 190-plus yards rushing. If Jones doesn't play, what's the plan B here, Sam? I am expecting um, Chris Jones to play just because he will meet that 10-day from even the old protocols um, because he missed last week. He went on the list last week. So remind me of the exact date that he went on. Was it the 14th that they added Chris Jones? And Correct, Tuesday, Tuesday yeah. the 14th. This game's going to be on the 26th. So I wouldn't be surprised, Herbie, you're going out to practice today if, if suddenly you see 95 out there, and maybe if not today, tomorrow. But you're absolutely right that they, they missed him terribly last week. I mean, he, he's a guy that pressures the quarterback more consistently than any interior lineman not named Aaron Donald. Um, they missed him in the running game more than I anticipated. But part of that running game was also Willie Gay. I mean, Willie Gay has a certain um, agility to couple with his speed that prevents some of the cutback lanes that we saw Austin Eckler running wild with last week. So getting Gay back will be big. And like I said, we'll wait and see what happens. It's it's just it's so crazy because we come on this show and kind of predict what's going to happen for a game. And we are dealing with the most unpredictable thing I think that we've dealt with since we've been on this beat. Look at Sam. Sam is absolutely correct. Defensive backs. You know, you've got Severus Ward, their starting cornerback. You've got Rashad Fenton, who who can start and defend the slot. Armani Watts, uh, also on the COVID list. But they got Legereus Sneed back. Sam, how big was it to get Sneed back? Well, I think especially if you're missing guys, um, because Legereus Sneed, of all those guys you mentioned, is the one that plays both spots. He plays the slot and he plays outside. So as much as he's been versatile all, all year, that's what they're going to depend on most, I think, because we, we mentioned earlier that technically some of these guys could be back. We don't know. Maybe they test negative. Maybe they meet that CT threshold. And, and suddenly we're talking about Ward or Fenton coming back, in which case 
but Jerry Sneed can slide rolls a little bit. Otherwise, we could be seeing a, a Tyron Matthew play a little bit more slot corner. And, you know, it, it's, it's Dan Sorensen and, and Juan Thornhill in, in the back. Um, but I think that Sneed's presence, you know, if you had one guy that, that you really wanted for this game, you know, it, it'd be a guy that could, that could be versatile like that. And maybe I'm doing this wrong in my head, but if, if, if we assume correctly, not assume, but if we uh, project correctly that, that Chris Jones will be back, I guess they'll be down fewer starters this week than they were against the Chargers. Um, you get Legereus Sneed back. You get Gay back. You get Chris Jones back. Yeah, just just the defense, you mean? On defense, I mean, yeah, exactly. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and, which is just kind of funny. I mean, I, I know we all appreciated what they did to win that game without those guys, but those were some some pretty big guys out, and they appear to be getting at least two of them back. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's unique that you mentioned that because the absences last week forced the Chiefs to adjust a lot on special teams. A lot of guys they had playing on special teams were not your core guys. These were guys that were pulled up from the practice squad. And one of their specialists, you know, on special teams, obviously, Harrison Bucker. Sam, what do you, what do you think? Do you think Harrison Bucker will be able to play this game or, or are they actually going to go with Elliot Fry? No, I think Elliot Fry is going to be the guy. <laughs> not a guy that we know a lot about because – you know, a lot of times teams, and, and Herbie, you know this better than me, but they, they bring in an extra kicker for training camp because what the hell? Um, <laughs> might, might, as, might as well have a second. It, the Chiefs didn't have that. So they didn't have a, a guy that they could sort of tap into and say, hey, this guy was with us up in St. Joe. Let's just bring him back. Um, instead, it's a guy who's who's been with this team for a week or, or nine, ten days, whatever it is. And who knows? I mean, they, he could potentially be lining up for a pretty big kick on Sunday. You reminded me, Sam, I, I think this could end up becoming known as either the Josh Gordon game or the Elliott Fry game for a variety of reasons. Yeah, it would, it would give us uh, something different to write about knowing we'd never need to use it again this year. <laughs> Go all in. <laughs> Patrick Mahomes at least said Wednesday that Elliott Fry looked good. So yeah. I, don't, I don't know how much he was paying attention to, to the special teams. But yeah, according to Mahomes, he looked good. We'll get the Dave Tobe. Uh, later on today, on Thursday, so we, we'll get a better idea of what he's thinking. I think, if anything, also, Bucker has a huge leg, and I think you're going to lose that the most with Elliot Fry because, as you two gentlemen noted, it's a complete unknown. We don't know his distance, but at least with Bucker, we know that he's good from 50-plus. So this is going to be interesting how the Chiefs adjust on special teams. Guys, we got to talk about the game, at least. Uh, we, we mentioned everyone who might be out and who might be potential replacements, the Steelers at seven, six, and one. Uh, you know they're still fighting for a playoff spot. Lots to fight for. But do we see them actually beating the Chiefs, even if they are missing a whole bunch of players? I actually don't think the Steelers are all that great of a team. Um, you know, when you look at their numbers, when you watch them play, it's surprising to me that they're seven, six, and one. And that's a credit to their coach Mike Tomlin, who's never finished below five hundred. And with this team and this quarterback, I mean, they don't even have a successful running game this year. Um, their defense, which gets a lot of credit, I think is in the twenties when it comes to yards allowed and points allowed. Now, TJ Watt is going to be a, a handful, especially if it's Andrew Wiley and, and, and Herbie noted yesterday in one of your stories, I mean, Andrew Wiley's on the injury report. Um, so, you know, I, I think we anticipate him playing because Andrew Wiley's going to have to play if, if Mike Rimmers and Lucas Niang, um, and you know, Mike Rimmers, like you mentioned, has been on, on IR and then Niang on the COVID list. I mean, those guys are out like, Andrew Wiley's going to have to have, have to find a way to play. Um, so I, I, th I think TJ Watt could be a handful for him. 
And, the, you know, the defense becomes much easier when you're not dealing with Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill. But I still think that this team has so many weaknesses on offense that they're not going to have um, a big successful day offensively against the way the Chiefs defense has been playing. So I still think the Chiefs win. But, yeah, I mean, not nearly as confident as, you know, I, I think the Vegas line had it up in the double digits at one point early in the week. So um, I don't think it's going to be that kind of game anymore because I just don't think that the Chiefs offense without their top two playmakers outside of Patrick Mahomes, I don't think they're nearly as potent as, as what they would be. Herbie, that's exactly what I would have said. Every word of it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's go ahead and dive into this before we wrap it up here. An X factor and I want a score prediction. Go ahead, Bahi. All right, Chiefs. Uh, 27 to uh, 17. The X factor, just that Patrick Mahomes still plays. <laughs> no Tyron Matthew pick six? No, we'll get that to you. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, Sam. I'm going to say that, you know, uh, Legereus Sneed makes a play. I, I do think that the key to this game is Ben Roethlisberger gets rid of the football quicker than anybody else in the league. And so their secondary is going to have to have a big day because, you know, their pass rush, which has been key to their success, is not going to be able to get to him as quickly um, as they've gotten. And the blitzes are, aren't going to be as, as great, um, as greatly successful because he gets rid of the ball so quickly. So I think their secondary is going to have to have a big day, and I think LeJarius Sneed will. Um, so I think the Chiefs win, but I, I do think it's going to be lower scoring. I, I think about a 20 to 13 game probably. And I tend to agree. I also think this is going to be a low-scoring game if the Chiefs are, are playing this game without a full deck on offense. And my X factor, and Sam, you nailed it. Andrew Wiley, period, has to have a big game. When you know that T.J. Watt, who lines up predominantly over the right tackle, is staring down at Patrick Mahomes. So that's the X factor to me, uh, Andrew Wiley. And I think the score is probably going to be something like 21-14, 2013, like Sam mentions there, because this – if they don't have a full deck, I just don't see how the Chiefs are just going to be able to put up so many points without Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. Herbie, just let me chime in, by the way, with that that well-thought-out 27 I predicted. I'm going to leave it to the to the listener to interpret whether that includes a, a missed extra point or two Elliott Fry field goals. <laughs> <laughs> Elliott Fry from 36, 37 yards. <laughs> hey, guys, that's it for now. Thank you for joining me and then tune in after the game for another Sports Beat Live from Arrowhead Stadium. Merry Christmas to everyone. Happy holidays. Until then, for Vahe, Sam, producer Beth, I'm Herbie Teope with the Kansas City Star. See you Sunday evening.